Good morning and welcome to the 24th chapter of the Perthian Chronicles. I'm Ryan Morano and today in the author's chair is Jessica Wright. Currently, she is the research officer for the leader of the opposition, Dr Michael Nahan, and also the WA Young Liberal Vice President. Jess holds a degree in economics, a bachelor in commerce and part of a Bachelor of Science in Psychology from the University of Western Australia, which is where we are meeting today. <laughs> a beautiful place, first time I've been here. It's pretty nice. During her studies, she also took time to study at Canada's University of Waterloo, and previously, she was a senior consultant to the international account firm EY from 2014 to 2016. Welcome, Jess. G'day. Out of all the guests, you're the very first one, although all the guests are politically minded, you are my first author who works, who is deep in politics. Yeah, I'm the crazy one that actually works in politics. <laughs> so my first question is, how and why you got into politics? Yeah, that's a really funny question because if you asked me that maybe five to ten years ago, mm -hmm. I would have said no way in hell would I ever work in politics. So when I was a teenager, I hated politics. I was very politically engaged, like I knew what was going on but I hated politicians. And that mindset persisted all throughout my studies. So I wasn't really involved in student politics. When I went back to do my honours, I did run as a paper candidate for my mate, but I was never involved in student politics. And yeah, I just thought politicians were, um, for lack of a better word, full of shit. <laughs> um, but I was always very politically engaged because at the end of the day, they are setting policies that affect you and me and mm. our families and our country and I studied economics um, and then you know once I got out into the real world I guess and started working as a tax advisor and you know I had my own clients you know I started to see the impact that economic policy can have on on companies in our in our country I'll never forget a client saying to me regarding our corporate tax rate like they were like oh 30% of zero is zero why should I operate in your country? And that really had a big impact because if they didn't operate here, that's 100 jobs just gone. Yeah. So then, yeah, once I started working in the real world, um, I thought after a while, I was like, well, I'm interested in politics and I wouldn't mind a bit of a career change. So that's when I started to actively look for work, um, working for MPs. Um, and then maybe a year or two before that, I did um, join the Liberal Party and you know, get to know other people my age um, with similar values. Now you say the Liberal Party and that perfectly segues into my next <laughs> question. What, in your opinion, what is so yeah. special about the Liberal Party? Well, I guess there's many things, but I guess the most special thing, and I think 2017 really demonstrated that, although it didn't play out well, in the media was, you know, the the views on same-sex marriage mm. and the way that we voted. Um, we didn't bind any of our MPs to vote a certain way. They could say whatever they wanted to say in the media. Sometimes that wasn't helpful because it obviously <laughs> looked like we were very divide, divided, which, you know, we were on that particular issue. But yeah. that to me is important and special because I think as a result of that, we represented Australia best because 60% you know, voted yes and 40% voted no and I think within our party that actually reflects the views of our party. 
Um, so that that's just one sort of factor that makes the Liberal Party special. Um, the fact that we don't just parade around saying we support freedom of speech, but we actually do ensure that there is freedom of speech in our party. Um, so that's kind of why I could never ever, even though economically I'm very much a Liberal, but socially I could never, even if I agree, so you know I support same-sex marriage, but on those sorts of issues I could never join the Labor Party because I just, I don't like the fact that they bind all their members to one view and you know things like that. Uh, yeah, I think that's a very interesting point. Like, as soon as you said um, that very important part of Australian history, the same-sex marriage um, bill finally getting passed mm -hmm. and that getting sorted, yeah, you definitely... F yeah, there is that sense of very f forced uh, unity with the with the Labor Party. Mm. And as soon as you're talking about the same-sex marriage debate, like, obviously, um, you know, what pops into my head, head was, you know, Tony Abbott's reaction, Kevin mm -hmm. Andrews, but also... Uh, our senator Dean Smith. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, but but also that other that side who supports yeah. it and who drafted that legislation, yeah. and also getting that that problem that uh, Tony Burke had because his I believe. Oh yeah, his electorate. Yeah, electorate. It's like eighty percent no or something really really high. Yeah. So that that's really interesting to me because um, obviously he still voted yes. So I don't know. I'm a bit torn about yeah. that. You know, I know that. You know, Andrew Hastie, who was very much against same-sex marriage, he ended up abstaining because his electorate voted um, in favour of same-sex marriage. So I kind of feel like those MPs should have abstained mm. if they're electorate, because they are representing them. They're in the House of Representatives. So I'm a bit torn on them still voting yes. I think they really should have abstained to um, properly represent their constituents. But it is interesting, right? Like, of all places, New South Wales <laughs> had these overwhelmingly overwhelmingly high no votes. Yeah, and it was like almost a cluster. Yeah. I think, was it eight, eight constituents that, that were no, but it was all in the western... I'm not sure if it was western Sydney or... It's quite a few there, yeah. And I think that sort of um, gives us some insights into how we should approach immigration going forward. I think we really should... like. If, I think concentrations aren't really helpful for long-term integration. I think it will take a lot longer now for maybe those areas in Western Sydney to assimilate mm. more with our attitudes and social norms. I'm Sorry, we're go getting no, no, really no. off topic no, here. No, no, no. <laughs> Everything is topic on the Perthian Chronicles, <laughs> I will say that. Are there any figures or someone special that inspires your work? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's quite a few. Um, well, you mentioned Senator Dean Smith, and I think that what he did was very, very brave and courageous. Whether or not I agree with what he did, because it did cause mm. a bit of um, you know, tension that played out in the media, which wasn't helpful, but I really do respect the fact that he stood his ground and was very brave, and to be a person with a minority view in that party room or to be anyone anywhere with a minority view um, you know, it takes a lot of courage to stick to that view and to follow it through so he's someone that in terms of his strong convictions I really look up to who else? I think Senator Michaelia Cash is mm. also a really strong um, female representative in parliament doing a great job in her portfolio and she works really really hard and you can see it and she's passionate about what she does and who else a lot of people maybe uh, Josh Frydenberg I think is super mm. cool 
I think he has achieved a lot. You know, his his history is pretty interesting. You know, about how his mum was fleeing um, Hungary and she was actually stateless, made stateless, and came over here. And you know, they've they've worked really, really hard, and he's done really well for himself. And um, in terms of his work now as a minister, he's super across his portfolio, and he's someone I really look up to. Mm. And I think Malcolm Turnbull as well in terms of what he's achieved in his life is pretty amazing. I think his work ethic and his drive is something that I aspire to. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. Well, I think for me, Malcolm Turnbull is one of those... Mm, I have mixed feelings of Malcolm Turnbull. Sure, a lot of people do. I have to say, obviously, (laughs) he's a very successful person in in terms of business, obviously. you know, his very early career with a very interesting figure, Frank Packer. And as soon as you're talking about, uh, as we were talking about at the start of this, um, some happy people over there. <laughs> um, um, you know, when Carrie Packer was talking about, you know, every Australian, and it's obvious, common sense, you know, should do their best to minimise attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you've so, seen that video? Yeah, yeah that was, that's a very interesting, and I think yeah. a lot of people should. And yeah. the, the reason why I really like that video, and like, Remembering the press from the next day, like they're calling, oh, Packer should be Prime Minister. Because, ah, oh, this is the thing, to, to come back to Turnbull, I like how in Packer and that he, he was passionate and he got a little bit angry. Mm-hmm. And I like to see my political leaders, like leaders, get angry and like mm-hmm. defend something. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's an interesting interest to talk about Malcolm Turnbull when in the Today Show he's doing something with Carl Stefanovic. Oh, was that when he, Carl, kind of <laughs> insulted him? Yeah, in a weird, yeah. Yeah, and Malcolm totally just yeah. rebuttaled it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was good, yeah. And I, I was like, oh, that, one, I was angry at, like, Carl Stefanovic saying, oh, why are you making someone angry? But it was nice to make Turnbull angry because I, I, personally, for me, I like to see a leader, you know, you know angry and Feel something instead of but being not Putin pointing. angry, right? Yeah, no, not no, Vladimir no, no, Putin no. angry. Passionate, I think Passionate. is the word. <laughs> not Donald Trump angry. Not you know oh, my no, button's no. bigger than your button. That's. <laughs> <laughs> so as we are sitting in this beautiful garden. Yeah, uh, some sort of oval slash park slash garden with a a moat. It's pretty cool. You just need sharks with laser beams. I thought it'd be great. Cool. <laughs> um, we are recording that is, we are close to Perth, and as Ryan's trying to climb by it, segue into the next <laughs> question. Um, speaking of Perth, mm-hmm. Perth is a vibrant place. We've got, uh, speaking of politicians, we've got figures like um, Senator Dean Smith. Um, so, in speaking about Perth, and how historically Perth is, is uh, a minority within the federal parliament, in a sense, That's like right. WA. Will Perth always be your headquarters? Um, I think Perth will always be my home. Mm-hmm. It'll always be where I come back to. In saying that, I would like to live for a couple years in another state, because mm-hmm. I've just never done that. Like, I've lived in Canada, as you mentioned at the start of the podcast, um, mm-hmm. and... You know, I've lived across the other side of the world, but I haven't lived in another state in Australia. Um, so I would like to do that. But, yeah, it will always be my head HQ in the long term. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Any concerns that you have 
in our contemporary political landscape? Oh, I mean, a lot of concerns. You mentioned the media. Mm. They have a lot of power and a lot of influence over how, how people think. And I think they know that, but they're not always taking responsibility for that. So you mentioned after that video that uh, where Kerry Packer oh, yes, yeah. uh, appeared at the Senate hearing, all the media was saying, oh, he should be PM. Well, I'm sure that perhaps when the trial was ongoing, when he was being accused of murder, oh. they were probably saying the opposite. Um, so what they say has a huge amount of impact on voters. You know, I could mention quite a few in terms of my side of politics, there's some conservative voices, for instance, Andrew Bolt, Alan Jones, and they're, you know, I think they do, they, they speak their mind, which is super, super important, but, and, you know, I don't mind Andrew Bolt, I met him recently, he's really, really nice down-to-earth guy, mm. but I know that he hates Malcolm Turnbull, yeah. so he will, no matter what Turnbull does, and sometimes he has given him credit, but no matter what Turnbull does, Andrew Bolt's just going to knock him down, mm. and People tune into the Bolt Report. It has pretty good ratings, yeah. and there are people out there who will just listen to his word. And when we're trying to win those people over, it's really hard to cut through, even if we're doing something that they would probably like if Tony Abbott was doing it, or if mm. you know another MP was doing it. So, you know, I think the media. Um, they frustrate me a lot. It's not as bad here as in the States, mm. like the US. Obviously, we've seen now just how misleading things were last year. Sorry, was it last year? Yeah, 2016. Gosh, yeah, 2016. Oh, two, two, oh we're in 2018. Yeah, so, oh, sorry, 2016 was yeah. the election um, campaign. Oh, yeah. So, you know, people were... I think now in the States, people are very, very divided, and I think the media played a role in that. You know, I don't think, uh, you know, people talk about politicians not representing them, which I think could be well be the case over in the States. But I think also the media were just churning out articles that certain classes of people just aren't interested in. And, you know, we just saw the other day, um, well, I saw the other day, there was pictures of the PM at the beach mm. and there was this whole article oh, yeah. on it. And I guess, yeah, it's cool to see him at the beach. At the same time, though, I don't like... He's not a celebrity. Like, yeah. I don't like this sort of celebritization of our politicians. It's not healthy for our democracy. Um, we need to remember that they're there to do a job, and they're not, you know, they're not models or anything like that. So that's such a very yeah. The that's a very good point. The celebrity, yeah, making them a celebrity figure. Because mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, that, that that's a very very important note. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, I, yeah, I feel like, yeah, the media is definitely this double-edged sword. Absolutely. It, it can't help. But then the, uh, yeah, the, it, has, it has become a point where, you know, I think some politicians can easily be seen as being very um, or greedy or quite obsessive with the media. Some MPs, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, Senator... <laughs> A Senator Sam Destiari, he's, <laughs> he's an interesting figure though because oh, I, goodness. well that, that himself is like an essay topic, that yeah. his whole um, history and career. Yeah. But I find it how, I like it how one, you can see in the media is 
he knows how to play and he's quite warm and jovial and mm. you know I'm just in my brain box um, there's that instant memory of him trying to kiss Darren Hinch with the cake the same during the yes. same sex match <laughs> yeah. so the, I like it when there's times where you know you, you get to see the behind the scenes oh yeah absolutely absolutely I'm not saying that that's a bad thing hmm. necessarily but it's just when the media yeah, oh yeah um I guess, you know, there's a lot of articles that come out on leadership challenges, not just the, at a federal level, but at any level in any state. And sometimes, I can't really go into it, but sometimes I'll read something and it's just so completely false. Mm. But people in the party or just anyone who's politically engaged reads it and they think that that's true. Um, and that's not helpful. Mm. Yeah. I remember in our previous talks, because you work for the opposition leader, uh-huh. uh, Dr. Michael Nahan, mm-hmm. and you help him you know, promote his Facebook page. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I remember you were telling me about how, you're re- how you created this, uh, this warm and funny um, interview. Yeah, did uh, you see it? No, no, I haven't oh, seen it. I haven't yet. seen it. It's, no, on, no, no. it's on the page. I have to link uh, it to you. Yeah, yeah, please do. I'll link it here so people can. Oh, no, or really? Watch it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty good um, for a first go. See, that's. Um, what, where am I going with this? Michael it's Nahan. a double-edged sword, right? It's a very fine line that you play. Um, I guess with that, we had a purpose. We were trying to show that he is a normal person. Yeah. He's, a, he's a dorky dad, really. He's really down to earth. And we we're trying to show that side to him because he is, you know, his background is he's got a doctorate in economics. Mm. He's worked, um, pretty sure he's worked for Treasury. He's mm. he, very much an academic and... He was the tre- treasurer for the, in the last term of the Barnett government. So he's always, when people see him, they see him in a suit. And we've got rid of the mo. We've ah, got rid of that. No. Yes. Oh. It needs to go. The ABC kept going on about him being Ned Flanders. It was like, it was a really lame joke. Um, but no, he looks a lot better. Oh, Nahan without a mo. That is. <laughs> because, see, that's the thing, because I, I like Dr. Michael Nahan. That figure of Ned Falanders. I'm thinking if you go, if you if you can liken to a figure that is funny and popular in the, in, yeah. in the public domain, at least you know he's he's not being associated with a, a more um, yeah. less liked and like Ned Flanders is like a, a person you pity and although they have quite extreme views, they can be quite uh, funny. He's a stand-up guy, I believe. Mike said in an interview, hmm. he's a guy with values. <laughs> So we were talking about before the the contemporary political landscape. So the media. Mm. So what would you like to change? In terms of the political landscape, mm. well, I don't know how we fix the issue with the media, mm. because ultimately the media should say what they want to say, whether or not I like it. Um, I think it, I would really like to see more MPs and more staff working for MPs that aren't career politicians. You know, you mentioned that I did work at EY for a few years before I started working in politics, and I'm all the better for that. You know, I am working for an MP, having experience under my belt dealing with companies operating in in our state. So I bring that to the table, and I bring, you know, a certain skill set. I was a senior consultant when I left, so I was somewhat getting up the leadership Mm. rank and I was starting to work with a team of my own like consultants and grads and stuff so 
I come to the table with skills and with a, with all that experience under my belt. It's very different to someone who studied politics, was involved in student politics, gets a job working for an MP or goes and works at a union. They're just constantly in this super politicised bubble for their whole lives, their whole working career. And I think that's pretty unhelpful if they were to, you know, go on and become an MP or become a senior advisor. Because I think there are times where we do need bipartisanship yeah. and that's a huge blocker to that. And I think we do need to have some experience dealing with small businesses, not-for-profits, whoever it may be, just dealing with people out in the community. You know, I, I always remember, like, whenever I go to Canberra, you speak to anyone there and you see, you know, you see all these TVs playing the news or playing what's going on in the chamber and you're constantly up to date with what's happening and then you come back to Perth and if I chat to my mum or my dad or my sister or my mates, they don't actually know all that stuff. They know more or less like the major things that are going on but they don't know everything inside and out and so it's, a real, it's really uh, it forces you to realise what's important. Hmm. So yeah, just less career politicians and it would be good to have people who have been out in the real world. Yeah, um, who, I'm reminded of that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like young. Well, I'm a young person, so I, I, it's it's good. To you see mean White Roy? Yeah, White Roy. Yeah. So Tony Abbott actually really, really did not want him to be to run. Really? I'm pretty sure he ran when he was 20, when he first yeah. won the seat. It was ridiculous, and I totally agree with him. You know, because when you're out there, like there's certain policies, like. I don't have a mortgage, so if I'm going to go out there and talk about a policy that could either negatively or positively positively impact someone with a mortgage, I'm kind of like, you know, does she really have, does she really know what it's like to have to pay these mortgage payments every month and, and feed kids as well and, you know, yeah. so on and so forth. So, yeah, I'd, 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 yeah I think Tony was, was right about advising him not to do it, but of course he still did and he won. and. He's actually quite impressive when you meet him in real life, and he was he was a good media performer, and yeah. Mm. And I guess it's not it is nice to have young people's voices heard, but I think I'm happier with them being in their early thirties. I don't know. I feel like some MPs in their early thirties, mm. Andrew Hastie, Tim Wilson, um, Sam Distiari, you mentioned one. Like mm. they're still our generation, and I think they're better place to um, be a better asset to the country. Would you like our leaders to get their hands more dirty? Yeah, I read that question when you sent it to me. I don't know. What do you mean by that? Like Donald Trump dirty? Because no. Uh, <laughs> I don't think... When, what, what, do you mean like how you were saying like you like them to be more passionate? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I would like them to be more passionate. And that's another sort of difficult act that politicians play. Um, if they go off script, something could go wrong. Mm. Trying to think of some good examples, I guess. What's a good example of when someone's gone off script and it just went wrong? I mean, t Tony Abbott did it quite a bit, but I can understand where people were going with their commentary on what he was saying. I think also, um, well, there's a lot with... I'm not sure if Bob Catter has a message, but it's funny, like, seeing some of his transitionals, like how he makes his... <laughs> there's this very infamous one about the same-sex marriage debate yeah. where he goes from, oh, you know, he's quoted saying, let a thousand 
Blossom Bloom. Yeah. And then it goes instantly to Crocodile, Crocodile. Deaths yeah. in North Queensland. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, he's a very passionate man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it is nice seeing politicians be more passionate and it is nice when they are somewhat off script. So in that sense, I wouldn't mind them getting more dirty. Mm. But yeah, it's a tough one. I think I'm also reminded of there's this weird, I think there was a, was it a flood in Queensland? I'm trying to remember. There's, so this fo- there's this weird photo opportunity with Malcolm Turnbull. Oh, and, and he was Bill cleaning? Oh. Or something, yeah, cleaning. And they both, were they digging or they had brooms or something? I've seen the photo of Turnbull cleaning, yeah, cleaning up, helping clean up. And I felt, I, I don't like it how, see, that's what I don't like about the media, how they, well, it seems to me, on, from an outside eye, oh, mm-hmm. you can clearly see the camera in that and like mm-hmm. Turnbull. And I'd, I'd just, I'd just assume that you know, after the cameras have gone away, he might, you know, keep sweeping for another second, but then drop the brush and. Get I hope he was doing it for quite a while. Yeah. Um, I think our federal leaders, Bill, Sh- I'm sure they both were. Yeah. But I think I a good so. example here was um, Mark McGowan. Not long after he became premier, uh, he was catching the train, and there happened to be cameras there oh. in Perth. <laughs> That's really interesting to me. I mean, kudos to him for catching the train, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's always funny when there's cameras when they happen to be catching the train. Um, and for him, it was like, yeah, he's a man of the people, but when Malcolm Turnbull does it, it's really obviously seen as a stunt, but in fact, people know that he does actually mm. prefer to catch the train being in Sydney. There's a lot well, of traffic. Yeah, when he was um, communications minister, he was, yeah, fam- he was he famous did it a lot. For all the time. And I think there was only yeah. like a couple of times where, you know, there's a reporter, a journalist, you know, taking an image, mm-hmm. you know, or recording it for the news, but yeah, he was famous. And then when he became yeah prime minister, he had to stop that because of security. He's mostly stopped it. He has he's ha- he does still catch it every now and then, I think. But he does have security with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the funny. Th- I th- yeah, I think I said this too because with Malcolm Turnbull, especially like how his the prime minister's sort of profile on social media is like all over. He's on Facebook, Twitter, yeah, Snapchat. Oh he, yeah, he's on Snapchat, yeah. But it's not, they don't do Snapchat as often, mm. but yeah. And I actually, um, when I was over in Canberra once, I was um, faffing around trying to find a camera because we forgot ours. Mm. And my boss had a event on. Mm. He just delivered his first speech and he had an event afterwards with family yeah. and close friends and other, his colleagues. And, you know, really, really wanted a camera there because all his family were there and all his you know, kids and, yeah, yeah. and nieces and nephews and stuff. So I was faffing around trying to find a camera. I managed to find one. Another office lent theirs to us. And as I was walking back, the PM's cameraman walked the other way and he saw me with this. It was a decent camera, yeah. but compared to what he had in his hands, you know, I was kind of smiling at him. I was a bit... You know, I wasn't super starstruck, but he's he's a really good photographer, and yeah. he had this really wicked camera in his hands, and yeah. So, where am I going with this? Anyway, yeah, um, his social media, the PM social media. Oh, well, what do you think about it? I like it. I like it to a point. Like I don't mind the occasional because <laughs> for me, like on my Facebook feed, I see okay, yeah, Tony Tony Burke. Uh-huh. Uh huh. but it depends who I've liked. Yeah. I, I see. Who do I, I think? Do I have I like Christopher Pine? He's on Facebook, I believe. Yeah. Frank Albanese, I'd see like Tony Anthony. Anthony. Sorry, Anthony yeah. Frank Albanese. Oh, that's another guy. <laughs> uh, um, Anthony Albanese, Tony yeah. Burke. Oh, it's okay, but 
I felt like with Tony Burke's posts, they're very, because he's the opposition to management. He's the manager of opposition So it's very business. negative, like, I'd say, if, like, he always posts, like, rebuttals. Yeah. Ah, but this, and ah, yeah. but that. I'm like, um, where, I, th- I feel like with um, Albo, as he mm-hmm. is warmly known as, his posts tend to be a bit more, you know, uh, prime ministerial, in a sense. They're, they're quite policy-driven, like, they're about facts and not much rebuttals. Mm. You know, this is what I believe in, them, you know. Yeah. But speaking about this, let us continue on thoughts. Thoughts on politicians being more genuine and less of a media package. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I totally agree. I, I would like to see more polos be less on script, mm. but it, it is a tough one to navigate. You know, there was, uh, there was an incident with Tony Abbott saying shit happens when a soldier oh, yeah. passed away. Um, under those unfortunate circumstances and it was a comment that it was in bad taste but at the same time he thought he was saying it in private he probably just thought mm. what he was thinking that sort of comment I would hear here in a pub right like it's not he yeah. didn't mean to be offensive um, but obviously that was a situation where he was off script he said what he was feeling and it just played out really, really badly. And yeah, I can understand where the negative mm. commentary was coming from. He was the Prime Minister. It's not very statesmanlike to be saying shit happens. Um, but yeah, it's, I think a lot of pollies are very fearful of how it's going to play out in the media. So again, there's this huge sort of power that the media have that make things a bit difficult for politicians to be more genuine. I feel like Bill Shorten has quite a squeaky clean oh. sort of presentation, which I don't like. I, I find... That's interesting I, to me. I find that Turnbull, in, in this instance, I feel like Turnbull is just slightly more genuine than Bill Shorten, yeah. for my tastes. But I feel like with Shorten, there's just something not right. I feel like he's, he, he must have a great presentation team. Oh, he does, yeah, he to, does. To, to an obscure amount. And I think even he would be investing a lot of money into it. Where he's very close, um, because in, he's very close of actually being Prime Minister in, in terms of, you know, the the, the, lead, um, the citizenship constitution issue thing. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember the technical terms or words for it. Uh, yeah. Dual citizenship. The dual citizenship. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one. Yeah, did, you must have heard... Like scurries, like when that. See, it was very. I was. It was. I think it was yeah Sunday morning, and I was on like listening to. I think it was in. Was it Insiders? I was watching. I like a lot of politics people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was watching Insiders or something, and there was breaking news like um you know Scott Ludlam started. Yeah. The yeah. thing, and I thought, oh okay. <laughs> but yeah. then having that sort of like snowball effect. Snowball, yeah, absolutely. Where a lot of people have been caught off guard. Yeah. But was there like a. In where you work, because I know you work, a, lot, a majority of your work is in state politics. Pol- yeah. Po- um, politics. And I, I think in WA we, sort, we don't have that. No, we don't have that issue. So the reason why that section exists is in uh, the constitution and impacts our federal MPs and not our state ones, is because as a federal MP, you may need to vote on whether or not we go to war. Mm. So you need to, your loyalty can only be to our country. You can't be put in a position where you're compromised by having loyalty to another country. So your citizenship can only be Australian. In terms of, yeah, it crept up on people. 
Um, some of them are understandable. For instance, well, who was it that, you know, it wasn't them, it was their parents, which happened to be born overseas and then, but they did eventually come here and they eventually, you know, that citizenship did lapse and they are Australian citizens. Oh, yeah. Um, for them, I think it was, yeah, that sucks because you may not necessarily think that that's a risk. I still think they should have done their due diligence. Um, but definitely when it came to Scott Ludlam and um, Larissa Waters and you know, people that were born overseas, I definitely would have done my due diligence and just made sure. I mean, if I were to ever run, my grandmother was born in Prussia, which doesn't exist anymore. It was subsumed by Germany. So I would definitely need to do my <laughs> due diligence and make sure that I am only an Australian citizen. You'd have to contact the... Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Where would you write to? Um, Who would you email? But I mean, it's like Josh Frydenberg. Like, that's crazy. Like, his yeah. mum was stateless, you know? So that's a really grey area. And I think there should be some exceptions for s- situations like that. Because a part of me is like, why do... Like, I can understand the thinking behind that. See, I find this very interesting because mm. Australia, we're in this weird position of, you know, we were part of the, well, the British Empire. We were part of the British Empire. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that legislation, it's also the same with India. It's very interesting how a lot of the, you know, the British Empire's laws and legislation still remain in today, like in terms of India. Um, their problems with same-sex, ma- oh, same-sex marriage, um, homosexuality, mm-hmm. um, I think it's still criminalised. Potentially in India, I'm not too sure. It would definitely not... It would probably be more frowned upon there, obviously, than, yeah. than here. I'm trying to... But, but, we, but th- those are, like, laws from um, another, like, an empire that's mm. long forgotten now, that does mm. no longer exist and hasn't existed, well, one yeah. could argue for about, you know, 20 years. <laughs> yeah. It, historically. Well, it was only recently, actually, on a state level that the McGowan government um, expunged uh, those that were convicted of... Um, homosexuality yeah yeah back in the day when they had that criminal conviction it was only recently that that was erased off the record I think and Mark McGowan gave an apology in parliament yeah so it's pretty interesting just kind of how slow sometimes our legislation is um, with respect to our norms of society today so we are thinking a lot on the balance between the media and politics. Mm. I feel um, it's very interesting because previous chapter of this podcast, I was talking to a guy called Father Chris Bedding, who is a very interesting uh, public figure. He's a priest, Anglican priest, um, but he's also a comedian, a very oh. active local, yeah, comedian. And he's just a funny guy. He directed me. He's yeah, an artist as well. Yeah. And he has a very public persona. And we were talking about the relationship between you know art and religion. Because, you know, if you think about religion, art plays a major influence in rituals, songs, hymns, you know, artwork. Yeah, absolutely, especially back in the day in, in Italy and, yeah. Mm. I'd say, would you say that that relationship is now starting to become like po- politics and the media? It's sort of becoming like that art, religion. In terms of it being more intertwined? Yeah. I feel like you can't really separate the two. Especially now. Yeah, I, th- I think that could be the case. I definitely think, you know, back when Howard was PM, I mean, let's think about what we consumed back then. You'd have your newspaper, you'd have your six o'clock news. Mm. 
and let's go even a bit further than 2006, 2007, let's go back to when we didn't have Facebook. We did have the internet, but it was dial up and it was slow and you primarily just did it. I mean, if you're doing homework or you know chatting on Messenger or whatever it was, just something stupid. Whereas today we consume different media platforms. We're pretty much up to date with everything that happens around the world and within our country. You could argue that perhaps there was a bit more time for politicians to, I guess they didn't feel forced to constantly be out there spruiking a policy or they didn't feel forced to rush announcing a policy. Whereas today, I think there is that pressure to constantly be out there explaining something, constantly be out there announcing something new, doing something. So I, th- I think media and politics are increasingly becoming intertwined and I don't think it's a healthy thing. It's somewhat a healthy thing in the sense that, like, yeah, now, you know, we can connect with constituents a lot better and a lot quicker and they feel like they're more connected to us and they can, you know, you can follow Malcolm Turnbull on Instagram and he actually does upload his own photos, like family photos. It's really cute and he was kayaking this morning or something. Um, (laughs) And you can see them, you can see what they're doing, you can see they're actually doing their jobs. But that's just, yeah, that's one thing. But then when journos and reporters, they've got a KPI, which is to sell a story, starts to really blur the lines and it's not that healthy. Do you start, in your position, do you start, I don't know, it must be a very interesting relationship, you working with journos and would a term um, like hand, like handling uh, a politician, you must have a very interesting relationship with like journals, like journalists, you might, would it be fair to say... I don't say, trust any of them. <laughs> I was going to say, is it like a very... Yeah, like a friendly... Oh, it is definitely friendly and cordial, yeah, because it's, you know, to me, they're like, I need to work with them. They're actually, they're part of my industry. Um, they're part of the artist, artist industry as well, mm. obviously. Um, um, mm. So, yeah, I'm very friendly and cordial with them, but, I, yeah, I don't trust, I don't trust a journalist. Um, I'm very mindful of the power they have, as I've mentioned constantly throughout this podcast. They yeah. are important. Yeah. You can't get rid of them. They are important. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but people should check this. Like one of my favourite TV series ever. I think I've, I think I might have told you this. Is it's called? It was a British uh, television series back in two thousand three, called okay. Absolute Power. I have actually seen that. Is that with Stephen yeah, Fry? Stephen Fry and John Bird. there was that guy, John Bird. Yeah, John Bird. John Bird, and then there was that guy with like a tan. He had like black hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have seen that. Oh, it's like, well. It's one of yeah. my favourite because it, it. I need to rewatch. That. I haven't seen it in ages. Oh, it's, it's just and it, and it holds good. up so well. And it was you yeah. know shot during a time before social media, mm-hmm. but even at such like an early like two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Um, my goodness, and like the media, and like how so basically for people listening at home, absolute power is about this uh, um, public relations firm called Prentice and McCabe, and they specialise in you know representing celebrities politicians um, you know and they help you know help people live with the media and I just like there's this fabulous episode where um, where John Bird and Stephen Fry they accidentally realise that they've been booked to help a country party an emerging country party 
and it turns out to be that they're all Nazis. <laughs> and it's so weird because Stephen Fry, so at the end of the show, thank goodness, like John Bird tells Stephen Fry, we're going to leave right now. And they're like at the Hage quarters and like the main um, Nazi guy was showing them, you know, a desk from Auschwitz and like all this Nazi propaganda and materials. And like John Bird was saying to Stephen Fry, can we please have a moment? And, and like all the Nazi people said, sure, sure. So they left oh this room gosh. and they're in this room of like, you know, Hitler's paintings and everything. Oh. And John Bird was saying to Stephen Fry, we have to get out of here. Yeah. But Stephen Fry, I loved it how he said, we're not leaving. And he goes, what? And I like it because I, I love this scene because it talks about the notion of spin. Yeah. And my favorite line was like, you don't have to, um, like Stephen Fry goes to like John Bird. And like John Bird was saying, Stephen, you cannot. Well, his friend, well, his name was like I think Prentice, and he's saying, you know, Charles. Sorry, his name was Charles. Charles, you cannot spin the final solution. You know, the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Fry goes, <laughs> you, you, you don't have to buy oh. the video. You can yeah. own the video. See, all within a word. <laughs> and to me, and it's it's like a shocking scene, but it, I like it because it talks about you know, <laughs> spin. Mm-hmm. And it articulates it. Yeah, absolutely. In such a shocking fashion. <laughs> what is a quality that a major public sh- servant should have? Oh gosh, just one quality? Oh, it can be as many. Just what's so there's what, lots that, that I should have. I, I guess for a public servant, a major public servant, I think empathy is a big one. Mm. Being able to put yourself in another person's shoes think that's something that a major public servant should have because obviously that's super helpful in formulating policy uh, what other qualities a lot of people in my line of work have big egos you've got to have a big ego to do this job similar to you know people in performing arts right so I think you know having a big ego is one thing but you need to be able to keep it in check I think that's really really important and I think qualities you know, being honest, being courageous. Yeah, I, mean, I could list a lot of qualities. Yeah. I don't just want to list a lot, but I think those few really come to the top of my mind. Yeah, well, yeah empathy would be the top of my list. Mm. Um, it's funny when you said, uh, yeah, empathy, honesty. Because mm-hmm. I know this, this, this particular episode has been talking a lot about the media and... Well, honesty is a quality that I think all politicians should have but it's a quality that could get them into a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's this image I have now in my head and I'm trying to gonna tell it. I, I, like, I feel like the, the media constructs this shell that the politician must inhabit in order for them mm-hmm. to appear in front of the cameras. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it must have been, I don't know, like looking back historically, it must be really hard to be a politician now than it was say in you know, Menzies area. Yeah, yeah. You you had basic media outlets like the newspaper, obviously, Mm -hmm. and like television programming, TV just got in. Mm -hmm. Very basic, organized, you know, news at six. Mm. Do you think a solution could be like there should be like we should have blackout periods? No. Oh, well, there is blackout period, Mm. I think, a few days before an election. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think if the election's on a Saturday, I think the blackout period starts on a Thursday or maybe it's Friday. Oh. It's 48 hours, I think, something like that. But in terms of a blackout period, what do you mean? Like, just no social media, no anything? Oh, like, I think... 
there sh- yeah, there should be like there should be some. I don't know when this should be in place. So maybe during elections, maybe that should be increased or I don't know. I feel like there's sometimes there can be too much coverage. Yep, I agree. You yeah, know? and like how you said before, we see we can now see Malcolm Turnbull kayaking, which is cool. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, and it's like. What's, is he going to show us what's he having for breakfast or something? Like, for me, that would be No, way. that would be crossing the line. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, media, again, but it's like it's up to them what they want to do. Yeah. You know, that's the story they need to sell. It's their business, and they're constantly looking for new stories. So it's a tough one. Yeah, and I think it's also maybe the reason why I say this is also like maybe the the, the whole media machine should also take a rest. Maybe they should there shouldn't be like this constant need Although we, the consumer, are partly to blame. Yeah, exactly. I'm guilty. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'd love to know the latest about so-and-so and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Maybe, I think, like, in the last, like, in the last chapter, I was talking to this filmmaker, Anna Victoria Neves, and we are talking about how, you know, streaming, you know, mm-hmm. Netflix, mm-hmm. and, like, the idea of binge. Mm-hmm. And we really feel like the notion of, you know, binge-watching a, a TV series mm-hmm. is, reading, is really feeding how... Is really making people really impatient. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's interesting how binge watching has just changed how we consume TV shows. I remember back in the day, I was in year ten or eleven or something when Lost first came out. Mm. So you'd watch the episode. I think it would come on on Thursday night, and then Friday everyone would be talking about that particular episode, and that would happen each week, and Desperate Housewives and whatnot. Whereas now it's like. Uh, if I mention a TV show to you, I'm going to tell you, I know everything that happens. I know, yeah. I've seen the whole thing, man. You need to watch it now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it totally does. It's a good representation of how we consume media, TV, everything today. It's just Everything's just instant. Why can't it be instant? It's that, good and a bad thing. I think this is a problem that needs to be solved. I think we need to stop being impatient. Maybe, maybe we should not binge. I don't know, but that's up to, yeah, it's up to business leaders and, and, <laughs> and sellers. How do you deal with stress? How do I deal with stress? Personally, how do I deal with stress? I like to go to the gym after work. Um, that's my wind down. Um, I just like to, you know, put music on and just do my cardio, do my weights, and that's really helpful for me. I like to binge watch. Um, so sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's all right. Just when I'm working, yeah, I like to binge watch or just watch YouTube. I may go for a walk. Um, just even just having a phone call to a friend for 30 minutes and just hearing about her problems or his issues. It's a way for me to not think about my issues and, you know, my stress. Um, so, yeah, that's how I'd unwind and. How, that's how I deal with stress and during the Christmas break going to the beach quite a bit and yeah. just being able to hang out and some some days just doing nothing it's really good but that's when I'm not working but when I am working yeah gym catching up with friends and family yeah I'll, I'll be very I'm very interested in like your work environment because as we before we, we turned on the microphone um, we we're saying how you are in the holiday period well mm-hmm. you're, you're technically Work, yeah. At work, we're working, but you're in this interesting period where you know much, not much is happening. Yeah, not much happens politically in Jan. It's quite relaxing. Yeah, I mean, now's the time where if a government wanted to be sneaky, they would release 
unpopular policy <laughs> because more or less most voters are disengaged from about Christmas till Australia Day. Mm. So it is, I'm on holiday, I've got quotation marks yeah. here, um, but there is stuff happening and we are responding to it, but we're very mindful of the fact that voters are more or less turned off right now. Yeah. Do you, because I'm speaking for me, I just came back from rehearsals. I'm producing a play called Soup. Everyone watch it. Yeah, I'm going to go see it. <laughs> yes, please do. Cool. <laughs> I think I was saying to the, peop- uh, to the team today, I was saying how, because someone asked me, oh, how are you today, Ryan? And I, and I was trying to be That's honest. Nice. And I said, oh, I'm not fine. Really? Uh, no, no, I said uh, as a weird joke, but as in truth, I'm, I'm okay. But I said... I like that you were honest about it. <laughs> yeah, I was like... That's not, well, because, you know, we're you know a bunch of friends pretty much at this yeah. stage. And I was saying I'm addicted. And I said, I, I, I want to admit that I'm addicted to stress. In the sense of, um, like, working on this... Play, I, for me, I get this certain buzz, like, producing. Being in this producing, I do like mm-hmm. the buzz of, you know publishing on this Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, sharing that, getting the likes, mm-hmm. um, hunting for the likes. I, I do get that, there's that bit of a buzz in emailing, oh, so I've got to e- email, you know, the, 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 the graphic designer, um, mm-hmm. the grants people, blah, 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 blah. I sort of like that. You like being busy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm the same. Like yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah, it comes with stress. So yeah, I mean, last year... No, year before, gosh, doesn't seem like that long, but year before, yeah, I was working at EY full-time and doing my honours part-time and being involved in the Liberal Party. So I was doing a lot of stuff and it was really, really stressful. Um, And I've got mates who are the same like that. Um, Yeah, I just really enjoy just getting stuff done. You know, I think it's a good thing. I think we're making the most out of our lives. But, yeah, it is... It comes with stress, so it's a downside. But I don't think I'd have it any other way. And I don't think you'd have it any other way. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think I'm addicted to it. <laughs> um, yeah. How I, do you deal with stress, Ryan? How do I deal with stress? Oh, jeez. Well, like, I like the thing, like, I go YouTube, I get lost in yeah. YouTube. Me too. So, yeah, um, did you hear about that Logan, that douchebag guy? What is, yeah, Logan, see, like what's his name? I forgot his name, but, yeah, that video that he did. Did you not watch it? No, what is this Oh, about? man, it was awful. He went to... So there's actually like a... Well, there's just a congregation of, of ducks. It's like the Labour <laughs> Caucus of ducks. Um, he went to this suicide forest in Japan and a lot of people go there and just... They kill themselves. Yeah. Apparently, there's been over a 1,000 people that have yeah. died in this forest. Oh. And he unfortunately did come across a dead person and he just reacted completely wrong. It was really disgusting behaviour, you know, cracking jokes. Um, the theme of the video wasn't even about, like, you could maybe use it for good, you know, say, like, you know, this is about yeah. depression and, you know, call this hotline, go to this website, whatever. But at the end of the video, he was just like, yeah, like this and subscribe uh, to my uh, channel. And and so that was awful. And he's since taken it down and apologised. And then, you know, there's the other issue of, like, YouTube didn't even do anything about yeah. it. It just kept going. It had thousands and upon thousands of likes and views. And yeah. YouTube didn't take it down. So it's not like they didn't know about it. Sorry, dislikes, not yeah. likes. Um, so, yeah, that's just exploded on YouTube. And then I came across some other guys who went to the forest. They acted more respectful. Yeah. And then from there, I just get, yeah 
been watching all their videos now. They do these crazy things, like they went to that forest overnight and it was really scary what was happening to them. And so I've been watching all their videos and yeah. But yeah, I really like YouTube. I think that's a great um, channel, yeah. medium in today's world. And related videos. Oh, I'm gonna watch that one, I'm gonna watch that one, I'm gonna watch yeah. that one. Yeah. Also listening to music. Cooking, I cook. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. Cooking helps me de-stress a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's hard cooking a meal. Like if you're cooking homemade pasta, for example, that's that's hard work. Yeah. You know, and a sauce. Yeah. But I like that, it's like, so I like exercising. Yeah, mm -hmm. I ex well, I exercise because of health, but I also find that relaxing. Yeah, it is, yeah. You can just zone out and not think about anything, especially if you're doing mm -hmm. weights, because it's like, you're concentrating on what you're doing. Oh, I went clay target shooting yesterday and the, oh. the gun was like banging into my um, arm. It's the first oh, time yeah. I've done it. Yeah. That was really relaxing. <laughs> you have to focus just on hitting this clay target that goes yeah. up in the air. So that was, yeah, uh, that was cool, <laughs> but painful. <laughs> Where did you go clay shooting? Uh, Whiteman Park. Oh, well, that's near my area. It's not far from, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So you should that. go. It's a bit pricey, but it is worth it. Yeah. It's worth doing at least once to see if you like it. Yeah. Because I know, because I like archery and I know they've got like an archery place. Yeah, and you're there. Yeah. Probably on the same strip that I drove down. It's kind of sad like how, talking about something, like, because I know there's a major development in Whiteman Park. They're building another Lord Street, like straight through the park. Yeah. What? Really? Yeah, it's weird. Straight like, through the park. So if people are driving down Nangaro, for the people of the north, um, when you're going down Nangara Road on near the Elmbrook side of the tracks, uh -huh. um, and then you turn left onto Beachborough Road, and you go all the way down, and then that's how you get you can get Reed Highway and blah blah blah. Yeah. But when you turn down left onto Beachborough Road, there's this massive like they've removed so many you know native, a lot of trees, but also a lot of native um, flora, mm -hmm. and fauna, no, native plants, a lot of like you know grass trees and they've mm -hmm. ripped. And it's like a massive highway that they're rebuilding. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of sad. So it's a highway. Well, they say the new Lord Street, but it's quite a large. I'm okay. Assuming, it looks, yeah. It looks like a highway, but it might be like. There's a lot of kangaroos there, which yeah, I exactly, found which out crap. yesterday. Yeah. Do you have? Are you, what are you looking forward to in 2018? Oh, um, so yeah, I finished my honours last year. Mm. So that's completely done and dusted. I'm looking forward to, for six months, I'm literally just gonna be working, focusing on my career and going to the gym quite a lot. So focusing on my health. Because for so long, I didn't really get to do that when I was at EY and when I was studying as well. So just focusing on me and my health, um, getting more fit. And then I may actually, because I'm addicted to stress like you, I'm thinking about doing my law degree externally oh. at QUT because I offer it externally. Um, so I, I may, but I want to start that in the second half of the year because I do want one half of the year to just focus on being able to go to work, get my work done, and go to the gym, and just you know, chill and you know. Law degree. Yeah, I should have done that actually. I should have done, because I did economics, finance yeah. and European studies. Those were my majors and my two degrees are economics and commerce. I, I really should have done economics and law, but can't go back in time. <laughs> I'm just very curious, because I'm going back to studying. Are you? Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? Well, broadcasting. Cool. I'm do a six-month graduate, postgraduate degree thingy. 
Yeah. Can see you. Um, so yes, that's the first for the podcast listeners. Ryan is going to be studying, um, presenting and producing. Yeah. But I, I don't know, like, as I get older, I feel, but I shouldn't. Like, in, in today's times, I feel like there's a little trep- uh, trepidation. There's a little hesitation, I should say, to study another degree or like another bachelor degree or yeah. I don't know what you're planning to say a master's or a doctorate or um so it'll be bachelor of laws um I did think about doing a juris doctor which is the version it's a post-grad version of law but because it's post-grad it's complete the fees are completely deregulated it's super expensive um I think it's literally like 30k a year <laughs> whereas undergrad is obviously a lot cheaper um so yeah I'll be doing undergrad law yeah. which will be three or four years three years full-time but I'm obviously going to be doing it part-time um yeah there is trepidation to uh, yeah it's not cool being a constant student yeah. I feel like I'm somehow being a, a constant student but I am achieving things yeah. <laughs> um but you just got to do what you want to do and yeah. you know if I can see you doing that and I think you know if it, if it is an in, it's an investment in yourself and if you can see that it is then go for it go for it yeah go note, for it we are coming to an end but the very last question of the Perthian Chronicles uh-huh. and it is a signing off question so Jess <laughs> is it a silly question no oh damn oh, I thought it'd be a silly be. one okay brace yourself so Jess, as you know, so this is interesting. See, originally I thought I was going to stop doing this podcast singing last year, but it is now 2018, and I might continue it for a little bit. So anyway, so in the year, so the thing with this podcast series, I'd love to catch up with my previous guests in 10 years' time for oh, a recap okay. interview. Uh-huh. See, well, to see how the, how are they? Mm-hmm. Um, so in the year 2028, Jess, yeah. when I tried to meet you, I don't know where, I don't know, we could be. We could be in the eastern states. Huh. Yeah, uh, it could be. We could be in Canada. Uh, yeah. Who knows? So, Jess, in the year 2028, what would you like to plug? What would I be plugging? Mm. Like in the sense of promotion, like what okay. would you like to wish? Because yeah. this microphone is magical. <laughs> well, I, I'd like to think so. So you mean what would I be if? What would I be promoting? Yeah. What would you like to? Yeah. Or what would I be doing? I could be doing. I usually think of a biography, I don't know, a thesis. Of myself? What? I'm confused no, no, by no, this. I'm just saying like generally, like some people said, oh, I'd, I'd like to say, when I was asking, when I usually ask like a director, they say, oh, I'd like to do a play on that. Okay, so what so. would I like to be doing at that point in time? Like what would I be promoting then? Oh, look, um, look, I hope that at that point in time I'd be promoting my own business. I'd love to have my own business. Mm-hmm. And that could be a you know a boutique law firm, or could be maybe a, a, a social media firm dealing with politicians. Um, probably not, but yeah, I'd love to have my own business. And I don't. Th- maybe I, c- I could be running for politics. I'm not sure. I still haven't decided about whether or not I, I would want to become a politician. But that could be on the cards. I would be 35. And I think, as I said earlier, that's a good time for, time. you know, a, a youngish person to be in Parliament. So, yeah. Well, here's to 2018. Cool. Here's to 2018.